Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. And we're back. We're back, baby. I feel like we're so back. I feel like we have been gone for six years. <clears throat> There's just so much that happened over the over the days we were gone. It really was only two days. We missed two shows. Then of course had the weekend and now and now we're back here. But just so it felt like so much happened over the weekend. I had family over for Thanksgiving, a decorating I decorated outdoors. Yep. For Christmas for the first time. Uh, indoors, we went all out this year. Shout out to my wife. She she she's typically been like Christmas is your thing like I'll help if you need something but you decorate and I'm gonna chill over here and this year she was like nah I'm helping and it looks way better the inside of our house looks looks so much better this year and it was just a really really fun long weekend and I was sitting there today you know you you jumped into the rundown last night and you put everything together I'm sitting there today and I'm looking I'm like man I feel like the the Kings Pelicans game from last Wednesday is so far in the past. Oh yeah, it felt so long ago to me. It was a long time ago, Kyle. It's been like five days. Like I mean, almost a week. I know this is crazy. <laughs> it, it is weird to take a couple of days off when you're in, you're in a rhythm and you kind of yeah. like you're here every day, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, you know, and it's it's kind of been uh, the same with the Kings. The Kings have been gone for. You know, the six-game road trip, uh, but uh, six games over, what, 12, 13 days? Mm-hmm. Like, no back-to-backs. Well, one set of back-to-backs in the middle. It was, a like, a long road trip, and mm-hmm. I feel for them. You know, I feel for uh, the guys who were on the road trip as well, people like yeah. Katie and, and Kyle, who, you know, had to travel the country to uh, miss Thanksgiving with their family and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, it's good to be back, and, you know, we got a lot to talk about, Kyle. Yeah, there's there's a ton to get into. I hope you had a good holiday. I did have a good holiday. Uh, we'll call it a COVID Thanksgiving because I think that's what it will end up being. Unfortunately, like uh, it like it feels like everyone, not myself and not my family right now, but uh, sure, like uh, around the holidays, like everyone kind yeah. of like touched on it, and especially within like uh, you know the intermediate family, like we all there there was some there's some concerns. Let's just say, let's just sure, say there's, sure. you know, some people took a cruise a week before and like oh there's some, God, there's some concerns. So <laughs> that's bananas. We'll be all right. We'll be all right in the end. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, uh, it was, uh, it was a little bit derailed afterwards. You couldn't get me on a cruise. You'd have a tough time getting me on a cruise at all right now. A cruise right before the holidays. 
No chance. No chance. No chance. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to dive into your your family's business or anything. But we did. That's, uh, a, that's a choice. We did um, go Christmas uh, Christmas tree shopping. We we got our Christmas tree oh, yesterday. Um, nice little eight footer, like fits perfectly, like all the way Great. to the ceiling. Huge. Uh, you know, we got we got it up. Uh, lights on it and everything. Decorated. Um, I you know I didn't look this morning to see. My wife usually hangs at ornaments. Um, we did a bunch of work in the yard yesterday as mm. we were cleaning up. As we, you know, you got to do a fresh cut on the end of your uh, Christmas tree if you want it to last all the way through. So of course. I, so I pulled the chainsaw out, you know, sawing through stuff. And do you cut down your own Christmas tree? In the past, yes. We used to go to a place called McBurney's uh, up in Cedar Ridge, which was incredible. But they got too popular, and they can't keep up. So because you're growing trees, mm. um, they just couldn't keep up. And so we, we had to go to a place that's closer to us, but like kind, kind of up on a hill and we were able to get uh, a beautiful tree. Great. Trees are expensive now. Yeah, they are. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Like, like, with our with our setup, and, and we'll get to, to King stuff, we have Niners, not, not a ton of Niners Seahawks necessarily, uh, but definitely looking back at, at that game from Thanksgiving and looking ahead to the, to the Niners-Eagles matchup. And the NFC Championship rematch coming up, and of course the the Raiders lost to the to the Chiefs as well. But we ended up just getting a fake tree. Yeah, and I can't do it. I've always been very pro real tree. Yes. Until my dad was like, "But then with the fake tree, you don't have to put the lights on." And I'm like, "That kind of sounds nice." So, in where, the way my house is set up, a real tree wouldn't really work because of the width. And we found this really nice, tall, thin tree. Okay. If it's perfectly in our space and it works and it's fake. And then I just get candles that smell like a Christmas tree and I don't lose any of the ambiance. Okay. Yeah. I can see it, Kyle. It's a workaround. Now, the wife likes to go buy a couple of fig trees. Uh, like, we have a couple of fig trees in the house, but they're like extra trees. Like, our, our main Christmas tree is always uh, a real a real tree. Which it will continue to be as long as I can figure out a way to get the thing out of the vehicle. You know, my sons will have to come back years from now and like mm. carry the Christmas tree in, sure, and all that stuff. Yeah, right. it'll be the way it is. Like the back won't hold up. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I sure. can wheel the chainsaw, Kyle, but I don't think I can carry the thing in the house. <laughs> That's fine. That's what you got. That's what you got your two sons for. That's right. All right. So I want to talk about something real quick before we do all the post-game analysis and breakdowns and all that. Okay. And this stems, this is something that I've thought about for a while now, but the Niners-Eagles rematch and the discourse around that, the early discourse around it, which began last night after the Eagles pulled out a miraculous 37-34 victory over the, over the Bills. Yep. I think we've lost the plot with sports because... I saw and I and I and I understand that there there's going to be uh, a segment of 49er fan or, or analyst who says like hey this is a better team than the Eagles. Their dominance has been more sustained and their floor was lower but they've been a more dominant team and you look at the talent and this and that okay fine. But I feel like we've forgotten that wins are the point. Hmm. And I and and it, it's gotten to this like the Eagles are ten and one. They have figured out a way, come hell or high water, to win ten out of their eleven games. Hmm. 
and their one loss to the Jets, did Jalen Hurts lose his mind and throw three picks? Like, yeah, for sure. But they have figured out a way to scratch and claw and at the end of the day have more points than the opponent, which is the which is the, the goal of the sport. So I don't care about point differential. I don't care about EPA per play. I don't care about DVOA or whatever stat. The Eagles are really good at winning. And I think that that's that's just this one specific example. I think we've stopped doing that in sports in general. Okay, so here would be my counterpoint, Kyle. Because I don't disagree with you. I think we do overanalyze everything. Plus, it's it's also we're in a world where you're star it's a star-driven world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the stars are the big plays show up on uh on Sports Center, so whether mm-hmm. your team wins or loses each week, you get to see some incredible play and it could be an incredible play while a team is literally down 34 to seven, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so we live in this world, but my counterpoint would be um, we, we had some of this discussion coming into the season and I would point out that Kyle, it was you more than me that was anti Minnesota Vikings from last season mm-hmm. and thought that they were a fraud at 13 and three or 13 sure. and four. Sure. And it's because their point differential and all these things were were wrong, you know. So uh, you might be right. Like the, at the end of the day, though, like winning is all that matters. And I think as someone who has covered the Sacramento Kings for you know more than I, I would like to admit, uh, more years <laughs> than I would like to admit, sure. um, winning just became so secondary that I kind of like got in a mode where okay this is weird. They're winning. I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. And then you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. So I think that there is a certain amount of like, how do we compare two teams? I, you know how we compare two teams, Kyle? We let them play next weekend. Yeah. The no two doubt. best teams no in doubt. the NFL will play next weekend. I, I think that that's it. I, I Here's my, here's my counterpoint to your counterpoint, <laughs> a rebuttal the, with the Vikings. It was out of nowhere. And it was it was like okay they're thirteen and four that's legitimate that's the play but are you gonna bet on them in the playoffs like no and then they go they lost to the Giants in the first round whereas this Eagles team was just in the Super Bowl and that's what makes their ten and one so much more impressive to me yeah how many teams have you seen lose the Super Bowl and then go six and ten the next year it ha- it, it 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 feels like it happens more times than not and yeah. so. So I, maybe not six and 10, maybe that's dramatic, but you know, a game 500 or a game over, you know, I'd have a very mediocre season. So I, I, I have so much more faith in the Eagles than I did in that, in that Vikings team. But when it comes to like, I just, it felt like there was last night, this, this, mm, what's the word I'm looking for? dismissal of the Eagles from a section of 49er fan. Oh yeah. I, I don't think you could do that. That's nuts to me. Yeah. That's no, no. absolutely insane. This is a really, really, really good team. Yeah. And it might be a Super Bowl winning team. Yes. Like they're going to be one of like three or four teams that have a chance to yes. win this whole thing. Yes. And as of right now, like I, I wouldn't, I would still probably put my money on them. Yeah. Like they're that good. And so I I think there is something though, to look at their wins and keep pointing out that they barely escaped like five wins a season. Yeah. They found a way, Mm -hmm. but 
you know, I think they're a little bit more battle tested, which is something I think the 49ers should be slightly concerned with. Yeah. Like they're more battle tested. The, the 49ers lost three games in like really poor fashion, right? And really, it should have been two. They missed a field goal at the end well, of a game. Well, you know. right. But that those are the kind of small differences. Jake yeah. Moody misses a 41 yarder, and Jake Elliott in the rain drills a 59 yarder. Crazy. With, with plenty of distance. That was an insane kick. Yeah, he's got a but, leg. But and then the Niners couldn't figure out a way to come back and beat Minnesota. They, they just kind of got beat up and down by Cincinnati. That's going to happen sometimes. Yeah. But that that's kind of my. So I just don't want to dismiss the Eagles as this like oh they're tenant. But I mean really they're not like eh, <laughs> okay. They're legit. So what if they're nine and two or eight and three? Then they have the same record as the Niners. Like they're real. They're just they're really good. And all of this stems from when Ken Dorsey got fired. And there was this discourse about Josh Allen. And <laughs> the discourse around Josh Allen was like, well, okay, the Bills haven't won very much, but how much does that matter? It's like, it matters a lot. It matters a lot. <laughs> That's the only thing that matters. In the end, it is. So I, I just, I, I think, and I know I'm I'm guilty of this sometimes where it's like you, you overthink it and you overlook it. But I just, as we as we talk this week about the Eagles, I just wanted to make it very clear that I am of the mind that the Eagles are really good because they are 10 and one. And it's really hard to be bad and 10 and one. I totally agree with everything you just said. Okay. It is very right. difficult to be bad at 10 and one. <laughs> that's if you're 10 and one, the chances are you're pretty good. <laughs> All right. That's, that's just what I wanted to get off my chest. Let's get into some uh, Sacramento Kings. We'll get into some Las Vegas Raiders, some San Francisco 49ers. We're doing all of that with you up until noon right here on The Insiders. We're sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320, Sacramento Sports Leader. Now, back to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Matson. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Yeah, it is. Back up for a holiday week. I hope everybody ate good this weekend. I ate a lot. I know that. Yeah, same. I think I probably added a few pounds, Kyle. That's why I went fruit smoothie instead of coffee. Just yeah. trying to regulate my body a little bit now. <laughs> it's funny when when we have holidays like this, uh, my wife usually gets in the mode of cooking more because we go out to dinner too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my wife's an excellent cook. I, I can cook. Uh, my wife is really good. And so like last night after having all this food, like a food coma all the way through the weekend, she decided to make like pork chops and and some sort of stuffing pudding, and it was like, what in the world is happening? Like, sounds I, great. Yeah, we're just like we're we're not on a weight loss program. Clearly, at this point, we just get we we gave in. I'm happy for you. That's great. What do you want? Would you ra- Do you want to go? We can go multiple directions here. Do you want to go Kings or Niners slash Raiders? Um, let's go Niners. Let's go Niners. I'm okay. okay there. So the Niners beat the Seahawks 31 13. Mm-hmm. And the division is basically wrapped at this point. Yeah, it's done. The Niners would need to, I mean, unless the Niners go on another three game losing skid and they lose to Seattle in that stretch and uh, Seattle wins a bunch, then okay. But if the Niners keep playing as well as they're playing, the division's wrapped. Mm-hmm. So I. <laughs> I was a little bit surprised. You actually, credit to you here, because you almost predicted the score dead on the nose. You had 31-17, 
and the final score was 31-13. So congratulations to you on that. You get some applause. That's a very, very good prediction. But I just, I was really, really surprised at, I, not at how well the Niners played. It's how bad Seattle is. I was, I was floored. Yeah. Okay. By just, they had, they had nothing. They had eight, their, three of their points came from a long kick return. Okay. And their touchdown came from a, a pick six. Yeah, but like we had KJ on last week. Right? Yeah, KJ Wright. And KJ Wright told us like their offense is not good at all. It cannot do anything right now. Yeah, and it just... I, and that showed. It, it, he was correct, top to bottom. I thought maybe he was being a little bit dramatic. Mm-mm. But Pete Carroll came out and said <laughs> on the radio the day after the game, he said... They commit a lot of penalties. Their corners commit a lot of penalties. So we were trying to get them to commit penalties by throwing deep balls. Oh, like that was their game plan was chuck it deep and hope for a flag. Yeah, but and that's that's why that's that's that go that shows you where Seattle believes their offense is. Yeah, because DK Metcalf and and Lockett they combined for like sixty two yards. Yeah, combined like they were they non factors yeah. at all. So. I mean, I know having uh, Kenneth Walker out is is actually a big deal for that team. Yeah, but maybe not because you can't run on the Niners anyways. So I don't think they would have been able to. Well, that and they don't throw the ball uh, to to Walker; they throw it to Charbonnet. Right. And so, like, I don't know what they have to offer. They they yeah. seem very very limited. It seems just like a year ago they were like an offense that you were you were sh- shocked by. Yeah, but. They, you know, they won games, and now I think we're we're looking at this team and going, okay, are they are they even like really it, even close to a top tier team? And I, just, I think they're not. They're very mid. They're very mid, and that's that was yeah. the surprise to me on Thursday. Was the Niners hanging up thirty one? It's like okay, like that's all right. They had a good they had a good offensive performance up there in Seattle, but holding Seattle to six points offensively, yeah, it's really that's, good. What did you make of the Brock Purdy uh, pick six? You know, I I haven't I haven't been able to like fully tell. I think it got tipped, okay, at the line, but I still don't think it was a good throw. Yeah. I don't think that that's the reason the ball went way. It's not like it got batted in the air. It got tipped a little bit, and it was way behind McCaffrey. I I just he missed the throw to Debo right before that, and then missed the throw to McCaffrey as well. Huh. So I just like a I momentary just, lapse. Yeah, and that's I think what you're gonna kind of I think that is where Brock Purdy is gonna settle as a quarterback, where you're gonna get the throws to Brandon Ayuk for the touchdown, and we'll get to that in a second. But then you're gonna have I don't know I can't I, I don't know what number to put on it two to four plays a game mm-hmm. where it's maybe it's not even an interception, but it's just he just misfires to an open guy, and it's just kind of like. What yeah, was that? Like, but I, I mean, I would, I would take the, like, I think that there's going to be a growth period here. Like he's still a young quarterback who's learning yeah. the NFL. And so for me, it's like, yeah, are you going to make some mistakes? Well, of course you are. But the fact is that he throws the ball downfield. He actually pushes mm-hmm. the envelope on what mm-hmm. is comfortable for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I'm all here. I'm here for it all day long. Me too. Like that's he's good. To, yeah, he is good. And it's 
it's not just a bunch of dink and dunk short passes. You know, there's some of those mixed in, mm -hmm. but it's his ability to basically throw at all three levels that just makes him, like, to me, really, really intriguing. And am I, I I'm okay with six interceptions. Like, that's where he's at right now. I, like, he's, like, tied for 19th in the league in interceptions. Yeah, six isn't bad at all. With, like, eight other dudes. So I'm totally fine with that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like, there could be a season where he has 12. But I expect in that 12 interception season that he's got, like, 42 touchdowns and the Niners are just a different passing team. Damn. Well, I that mean, that's career. if that's he's going to go up that high, though, <laughs> that's that's kind of yeah, what yeah. I would say. Yeah. You know, if he's like, throwing it that much. Yeah, and, and I don't think that they're going to put him in a situation like that. I mean, they should already be scouting the world for the next uh, McCaffrey just so yeah. you have him, like, ready to roll in a couple of years. But, yeah, uh, yeah this is uh, – it's impressive watching him watching him shine. So I thought the touchdown throw to Ayuk was – so I thought the touchdown to George Kittle against the Jags was his best throw of his career. Okay. This one, to me, was infinitely better. And the fact that on that play where he goes play action with his back to the defense and then flips his hips and, and has to, you know, reset his eyes. Yep. That he found Ayuk between four defenders and then also got it over the front two defenders and in front of the back two while hitting his receiver in stride that allowed him to take the ball into the end zone. That's the kind of big time throw that <clears throat> makes me go... Oh, he can make, that's the kind of throw that you make at a big spot when your team is down five points in a playoff game and you need, and you need a touchdown. Like that's the kind of big time throw that you never really saw from Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's why Jimmy Garoppolo, the offense is always like lacking a little bit. And I know that people will point to some of the peripheral numbers and they'll say like, well, the EPA per play is, is the same and the completion percentage over expect over expectation is is the same or whatever it is but when you look at a the depth of target how far down the field he's pushing the ball and how consistently he's doing it the lack of turnovers and then the willingness to try and fit that throw in like there's a reason that they're blowing teams out at a higher rate than they did with Jimmy Garoppolo Kyle I, and it's I because think, of plays like that I think part of the issue that he has he just makes it look too easy like it looks too simple. Like, and, and the mm. throws he's making are super complex. Mm. They're just perfect. Like yeah. so many of them are. You're watching it. You're like, that was an incredibly perfect pass. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's why I like early on I started comparing him to Drew Brees. Mm. Like, there's just like an easiness to what Drew Brees did to, to Tom Brady. There's mm -hmm. always an easiness. He just stood back there, totally calm. Mm -hmm. And then when it came time to make the throw, he made the throw, mm -hmm. you know? So it's not like he's out there running around, slamming into people like Josh Allen. He's not a running quarterback uh, like Lamar Smith. He Lamar doesn't, Jackson. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I'm sorry. He doesn't do, uh, you know, the tricky flick plays that Mahomes does. Mm -hmm. He just makes it look simple. And then he basically, he does a lot of what Herbert does, except for he doesn't have like the disastrous moments time and time again. Mm -hmm. Maybe he doesn't have the arm strength. Okay, mm -hmm. I'll give you that. It's not the same, but it doesn't matter. He gets the ball there on time. Yeah. His timing is great. His his vision is great. Uh, I still would like to see him check down a little bit more, but overall, 
Like this guy is turning out to be a a, a really really high level quarterback. I mean, leading the league in in uh, completion percentage, in QBR, in uh, in rating, like everything. Mm-hmm. Just like he's killing it. He's playing really really well. Now the now the next step is like sustaining this. Oh yeah, so as a full season it starts. What does this look like now in in two three years four years? And that's going to be the big question. What does he look like in Philly next week? That's going to answer a lot of questions, I think. And we'll we'll continue talking about that as the week goes on. Plenty more to get through uh, with that with that Niners Seahawks game and really projecting it out uh, over the rest of the season because that's kind of where our, our sights are set now, especially with that NFC title game rematch coming up. But let's shift let's shift gears out of the Sacramento Kings. They had a couple of games while we were away. They had a game Wednesday against the Pelicans. They had a game Friday against the Timberwolves. We'll start diving into all of that. Plus, I know you're probably hearing a lot about the in-season tournament, where the Kings stand, this point differential stuff, Tuesday's game against the Warriors being a big one. We will break all of that down and explain all of it to you next. That's James. I'm Kyle. We are the Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube here on ESPN 13. ESPN 1320, Sacramento Sports Leader. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Matson, Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. I was going to say the Kings are rolling because I genuinely think, and James, this is where your recall of, of Kings games will, will come into play. Okay. I, I, I can't, I personally can't remember a game, a win for the Kings outside of game six of the playoffs last year. That was very impressive. 
But a regular season game where I've been more impressed with Sacramento. Then the game that that we just saw um, against Minnesota? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that was their, their, let me phrase it this way. That was their best regular season win since. Okay. Maybe last season. What game though? Man. I don't know. Like again, games for me, they always run in together. Okay. Right. So, I, I mean, I think the Kings have had impressive wins even like this season mm-hmm. where you get done with that win. You're like, oh, okay. That was, you know, they had this stretch where they like three out of four games were wire to wire finish, uh, wire to wire uh-huh. like wins. They just won six in a row, seven, six in a row. Right. So there's some great games mixed in there where you're like, hey, they handled a really, really difficult opponent. Um, but like overall, you're always you're always looking for a team to build on what they're doing and show you something else. And especially mm-hmm. after losing two games the way they did, like the Pelicans games, the first one was like horrendous. The second one, um, like it, it was a much better game. And actually I gave them props and people didn't like that. I gave them props. Like sometimes you get beat. Sometimes you're on the road and a long road trip and you just flat out, you get beat. Yep. So, you know, I, I don't know, Kyle, like the Oklahoma City Thunder win to me was a really good win. Mm-hmm. The Cavs win was a really good win. Um, the Mavericks win where they went in, they just, they outlasted a team that was on the second night of a back-to-back. So I think when I look at the the Minnesota win, like you beat a team while two of their stars were going off. And that's a really good sign. If you can hang with a team. Mm-hmm that's not having like a bad night. You're just better. You're just a better team overall. Like you're hitting your shots. You're, you're doing what it is that you need to do. And you're playing without one of your best players in Keegan Murray. Mm -hmm. Like, I just think that that, that was one of the more complete games. And I also like, if we look at these last two games, I think it just really shines a light on how good Trey Lyles is, how much Trey Lyles means to this team, Mm -hmm. how much you can build off of what Trey Lyles is bringing to the table. And how, you know, that's the direction that this team needed. That's a player that this team needed. Like, they still need more. They still need a long athletic defender or two. Mm-hmm. They still need, you know, a shot blocker, a true shot blocker. Yeah. Um, but, like, you can see right away that, you know, Sasha Vizankov has held on the fort and they've been okay. But Trey Lyles is just at a different level. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He, I don't know. I... <laughs> I feel like we just didn't talk about his absence enough. Like just in it, it maybe maybe just I didn't. <laughs> but that felt like a a like that's a major cog for them that I just did not I didn't factor that in enough. I think a lot of people were surprised when he signed a 2-year like 16 million dollar deal. People are like Trey Lyles at 8 million dollars a year. You just didn't watch him play last year. There was, you know, like more than 10 games where the the Kings would not have won if it yeah. weren't for Trey Lyles. Well, and, I, and so I understood he was, he's like a fine player. Yeah. But they are just so different with him on the court. Yeah, yeah. Having like a, a stretch four, stretch five that's reliable, that yeah. doesn't make mistakes, that rebounds, that, you know, right now I, he's not going to keep shooting 46% from three. Uh, he can if he wants, but... Especially, <laughs> not, I gonna, mean, not gonna argue with it. He's shooting like six point three 
uh, three pointers per game. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Like, not only is he hitting, but he's taking them. Yeah. Like, if all of a sudden he's averaging six threes a game, mm-hmm. this team's going to be around 45 threes a game. Man. And, and so, I don't know, it just adds that other player that that does so many things. And again, not to, like, take away from Sasha, who I think has had some good games and some bad games early on, but it shows you the difference with, with Trey Lyles. And I always said, my my personal thought was, that if Sasha could be as good as Trey, then you know that would be like a really good thing. And I got to be honest, I don't think he is. I think Trey's. No, a, I'd be sh- shocked if he got there. Yeah, he's a more rounded player. He he, you know, is he the the flat out sharpshooter? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not, but that doesn't mean he's he to me. Trey Lyles is a very very important piece to what the Kings are doing. Trey Lyles falls in the class of player to me, and I'm not. I, I don't. I'm not. <laughs> just follow me here. Yeah. <clears throat> Trey Lyles is in the class of player to me that is fine, but can swing a finals game where, hey, the Kings won the finals in six games, but the series turned in game three when Trey Lyles had 27 points and hit five threes. Yeah, I would put Trey Lyles in like one of those weird categories that you don't really... So like... If you're building out a team and mm-hmm. like you're the Golden State Warriors, like Trey Lyles isn't Andre Iguodala, but he might be Sean Livingston. That dude, that okay, Sean Livingston. I can't remember his 2016. So those yeah finals don't exist. But it was game one or two. He had like 25 points. I think it was game one. Yeah, so it, it's him or it's like a David West. Mm-hmm. You know, it's those pieces that are so incredibly valuable that you don't really like understand how good they were until they're gone. Mm. And even that's where, you know, the one season where the Warriors just completely went in the tank after they won mm-hmm. a championship or they lost a championship, right? And then um, yeah, was, they lost in 2019 and then 2019-20 was the... Yeah. And it wasn't Steph that... Steph got hurt and they won 15 games here. Yeah, they still had a bunch of players, but what they didn't have was any of the depth. And even when they tried to rebuild the depth and they won the championship the other uh, two years ago... It was still suspect. I mean, Nemanja Bialica played a huge role on that team all the way through the season. He he wasn't big late, but um, it was that type of depth that that wasn't even at the same tier that you had before. And yeah. I thought that they wouldn't have a chance because they didn't have the same type of role players. And mm-hmm. again, Trey Lyles to me, like be a star in your role, mm-hmm. and I think he understands that, which is why I think we made him our Jiffy Lou Player of the Game for the New Orleans game. We did. We did. We did. That did I, happen. No hey. fanfare. No, like, that was let's... that was that was great work by you to fit that in. I wasn't even I wasn't even paused. I wasn't even ready for that. So uh Trey shout out. Uh congratulations to him. That's his first Jiffy Lou fast break player of the game wins. So Trey Lyles wins, that means you, the listener, wins. So go to ESPN1320.com. Right there at the front, there's a Jiffy Lube contest page. You can't miss it. You click on that, you enter the code word Trey. Trey. T R E Y. Trey Day. Trey. Just Trey. Just T-R-E-Y. <laughs> Enter that as the code word, and you will be entered for a chance to win a $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate. We're giving away one after every single game, which means two games while we are gone. We'll have another player of the game for you coming up a little bit later, but your first one is Trey. So get to ESPN1320.com right now. Get to the Jiffy Lube contest page and enter that keyword 
for your chance to win a $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate. Shout out Trey Lyles. Shout out Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles, everybody. No, Trey Lyles. The reason I brought up the Minnesota game and why it was so impressive to me was just like, man, this is best on best. This is Kings, really good offense. Minnesota, best defense in the league right now. And they're holding opponents this year to 43.1% from the field. The Kings shot 49% from the field. Uh, from three, the Kings shot, where are we at? 48.6% from three. On how many attempts? On 35. So there's 17 of 35. Yeah. Minnesota holding teams to 33% from three this year. And the oh. Kings just kind of, and was Jaden McDaniels out? Like, Yeah. And is he a good defender? For sure. But he is not accounting for eight and 13 percentage points. No. Like, that's just it. The Kings are just, I was, I didn't think they, like, I didn't think they had no chance. I thought they could definitely go in and win. And if they wound up being better than Minnesota at the end of the year, I wouldn't be shocked at all. In fact, I would probably bet on it. But for this game, where it's game six of a six game road trip, and it's, you've lost two in a row, and it's this really good, big defensive team and to just go in and handle them the way they did it was like oh like okay like i again not not i'm not shocked by the kings beating any team i think they can literally beat any team in the nba whether it's the timberwolves the nuggets the sixers or otherwise but celtics i'll throw the celtics in there but how thoroughly they dominated minnesota on the last game of a six game trip and the urgency that they played with knowing that like, dude, you can't lose three in a row. You don't want to go home on a sour note where all of a sudden your six game road trip turns into a three and three trip after you started three and oh. And just the fact that they go in and, and kick ass like that was, I was blown away. And I can't remember the last time I left a Kings game that like uh, impressed. Okay. Yeah. I, I totally get what you're saying. And I would even point out, like, I'm not a big complaint about the officials guy. The officials were so embarrassing. Like, the Kings took 11 free throws. Minnesota mm-hmm. took 29. <laughs> and you could say, well, the Kings shot a bunch of three-pointers. No, the Kings shot 35 threes. They shot uh, 33. 35 to 33. Both teams took a bunch of free, uh, a bunch of threes. Not even that many per uh, modern NBA standards. <laughs> sure. The fact that they couldn't get a foul call and that some of these free throws that they do have showed up in the final minute or two of the game. Yes, six six of their eleven free throws came in the final five minutes of the game. Yeah, it's an embarrassment. That's so what, bad. Dude. What we saw was an absolute embarrassment. I think it was Mark Davis that had like so many bad calls. And maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. One of the two games here, Mark Davis had a bunch of bad calls, but De'Aaron Fox got teed up uh, complaining about the officiating, and it just felt like every time that Anthony Edwards got anywhere near the basket, just like the same exact thing with Zion Williamson. Anytime Zion got anywhere, they called a foul. And I, I know the Kings are trying to be aggressive; they're aggressive. With that, but there's no way that De'Aaron Fox doesn't didn't get fouled more than like three or four times, which is what six free throw attempts is. Yeah. Like that's crazy. It's absolutely wild. And for them to just elevate, you know, that people, Demonis Sabonis fouled out of that game. Like mm-hmm. for the Kings to, to be able to maintain while playing against a very good team and having no calls go their way at all. 
I thought showed great composure, great ability to get through adversity. Yep. And at the same, I mean, even Mike Brown like reviewed a, a call and was right. And you could tell, I think it is Mark Davis that called that game. He didn't even want to say it. You could see the look on his face was like, after review, the call has been overturned. Like it was an embarrassment. Yeah. And so very, very bad. Yeah. Very, very lopsided. And again, I'm not someone who comes on and and complains about officiating all the time. I'm not someone, it's not usually part of my six quick thoughts. Nothing. I'm the, I'm the same way. I am always, I get, I get crap from people on this all the time when there's a bad call at the end of Niners, Niners Browns this year. There were two calls in the last drive that didn't go the Niners way. There was a Tayshawn Gibson roughing. And then there was a really ticky tack holding on Traverius Ward. Okay. And, I'm always of the mind like, hey, don't be in a spot where the official decides the game. Yes. That is always where I land on officials. Like they're there. There's going to be good calls. There's going to be bad calls. And my my thought on it is over the course of a year, the good and bad calls for the most part even out. Whether you want to believe that or not, that's if you objectively watched the game, that's probably where you would land is that's yeah. about 50-50. But then there are games like what happened in Minnesota where you see Anthony Edwards on one end getting every touch foul and then you see De'Aaron Fox on the other end going pinball between three defenders and getting nothing. Or having Anthony Edwards run up and slam into him in the backcourt. Fox, you know, flop a little bit, mm-hmm. sell it. Embellished a call, of course. Looked like, are you going to call it? Because you didn't call it on the other end. Right. You called me on the other end for for a touch foul. That's mm-hmm. not a touch foul, which has happened. And and nothing. And that's when he got the tech. He got a tech after that sequence right there. <laughs> um, and I, I just want to point out, the Kings won by 13. I, I felt like in that game, the officials and the idea of the, uh, the end season tournament, it was in the officials' minds that the game was supposed to be close. And it didn't matter what they did. Huh. The Kings were still better. And there's nothing Minnesota could do. That that should have been a 20-something point blowout. Yeah, and, the Kings were way better. Yeah. Well, it, on that night, they were way better. Yeah. For sure. So, I, I mean, like Rudy Gobert was like a non-factor in that game. Like, you don't even remember him half the time, right? But it, for me, that was a game where... It's almost like they all knew the point differential thing. And then for Fox to have to go and, and score late, mm-hmm. it was like, oh boy. My favorite part about this game was Kyle Anderson. Oh, slow-mo. Because he's my least favorite player in the National Basketball Is Association. He? Not least. He's on the mount he's on the mount least more though. Okay. Of players I don't like. With Luca and, and James Harden. Yep, they're both up there. I don't know if Lucas. I'd have to really think about that. I'll have that for you tomorrow. I just can't stand that Kyle Anderson's whole bit is watch how slow I can play the sport. It's annoying. It really, and now he's got the rec specs on, and there's just something about his face I don't like. It's the same thing with Zach Collins. I just don't like his face. Uh, that he was a minus 24 in 18 minutes was really good for my soul. I really needed that. I'm a hater, and my hating heart needed that. All right. That was one of my other favorite parts of Friday night. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I have the whiteboard here, so we can yeah, explain let's, this. Yeah, let's talk, let's talk in-season tourney here. So the Kings finish up their in-season tournament group play tomorrow at home against the Golden State Warriors. Draymond Green will be back for that one. Real quick, quick, 
quick thing on Draymond. He spoke to the media for the first time uh, yesterday. Okay. A couple days ago, yesterday. And was more or less like, I'm not going to change the way I play, da 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 Like, bro, nobody's asking you to do that. They want you to stop performing MMA moves on your opponents. Stop kicking, stop punching, stop choking, stop doing all that, and just go play basketball. Just play basketball. If you're going to get teed up for yelling at the refs and being passionate, fine. Okay, you'll live with that tech if that, that's what gets you fired up and motivated to be good on defense. But it's the kicks and punches and chokeholds that are not within the scope of basketball that people would like you to stop. And I don't think that's a crazy ask. Anyways, I was just really annoyed by the fact that he continues to have no repentance. Is that the word I'm looking for? Repent? Is that the word? Yeah. He did. Repentance for his his actions. Yeah. Absolutely insane to me. Anyways, that was zero accountability. Just, uh, it's yeah. wild. But okay, let's talk in season tournament. Okay. So let's let's roll out some scenarios. Let's start with Kings Warriors tomorrow night. Kings win. Kings win. They advance. Oh, let's see. Oh my god. Kings win. Here we go. <laughs> if the Kings win, That's they great. advance. Just straight up. It's easy. over. Okay, that's easy. That's okay. the easiest thing. The Kings win. Now, here we have right now, the Kings are currently 3-0 with a plus 29 point differential for the for the end season tournament. Mm-hmm. The Warriors are 2-1 with a plus 5, but they lost to the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves are 2-1 with a minus 3. So what this means is if the Kings lose to the Warriors and the Timberwolves win, I mean lose, let's just say the Timberwolves lose, and the Warriors beat the Kings. The Warriors advance because the first uh, uh, tiebreaker is head-to-head. But if you have three teams that are tied, all of which who have beat each other, the next tiebreaker goes to um, goes to point differential. So, again, if the Kings lose but the Timberwolves win, then it gets totally chaotic. <laughs> That's where he this— chaos. <laughs> chaos, Yes. So, so again, the if the Kings lose, the Warriors beat the Kings, but the Timberwolves win, then we start looking at point differential. If again the the Warriors somehow let me see, there we go, if the Warriors beat the Kings by there's a plus twenty four there, right? So if the Warriors beat the Kings by twenty four and they tie. As far as point differential, at like a because that would pull the Kings. Actually, it's it's not that because the Kings would lose their point differential. Whatever it is, like there's a, a a bubble here where the Warriors have to make up a ton of a ton mm-hmm. of points, but it's not as complex as people think. And if somehow Minnesota goes in and just blows out OKC, then okay, then Minnesota could could jump over both these teams, but it's going to be complicated. So the third tiebreaker, uh, so it goes points and then head-to-head, and then I think the third tiebreaker is total points in the tournament. If if there's a three-way tie, there's no way for the Kings to finish above the Warriors in point differential. I mean, not in point differential, in total points scored during the the tournament. 
because right now the Warriors lead like 360 to 358. Mm-hmm. And then the um, the Timberwolves are way down at like 332 or something. Mm-hmm. The war, uh, the uh, Timberwolves would have to score a ton. They'd have to beat OKC by a ton, but none of that matters. If the Kings win, they're in, and we don't have to discuss this anymore. And then they go to the knockout phase where there are eight teams, and they go through the knockout phase, and we see how how the And that's all in Vegas. Um, The first two, uh, I think the first game is on the sixth. Let's see, we have, um, no, no, it's the fifth, the seventh, and the ninth. I think the first games are in market on the fifth, Got it. The second game might also be in market, and then the final would be on the ninth in Vegas. It's complicated. I think the semifinals in Vegas as well. It's possible. Yeah. So you get a couple of days in Vegas right before, you know, if you if you're one of the top four teams left, that would be fun. So and then if they do somehow make it to the finals, the finals are on December 9th. So when you're in, that's what matters. If you lose, you need Minnesota to win. And then it goes into this crazy hopper of point differential. So again, if the the Warriors beat the Kings by 10, that would put their point differential at a plus 15. And the Kings at a plus 19. And, a plus, and the Kings at a plus 19. So the Kings would still be in decent shape. And then Minnesota would have to outscore OKC not only by uh, by because right now they're a negative three, so they would have to take that. So if we're talking about the Kings being a plus 17. Just one team goes? What do you mean? From each group? Only one team goes because there is a wild card, but there's no way for, uh, I, I don't believe there's any way for the Kings or um, or uh, Warriors or or Timberwolves for that matter to get point differential. Well, okay, I guess so the Min- Kings are in, but Minnesota the Kings are- could get a point differential enough to beat the Suns. The Suns have a higher point differential than everybody. The so, Suns are in this group too. No, the Suns are oh. the Suns are in another group, oh, but they're the wild already card, the wild card. Got it. Got it. Got yeah, it. they've okay, pretty much already card, secured the wild card. I was going to be shook if the Suns also played a role in all this because I would have had no idea. Yeah. So basically, the Kings just need a win, and yeah. that's what matters. Yeah. And if actually, they lose, they just can't lose by a million. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh. So, so it, it's it's not it's not it's not that bad. Well, no, they can't lose by a million, but they need Minnesota to win. That's the other thing. The only way for them to to make it through it is if oh. there's a three way tie. So, and and people are sitting here saying the wild card goes to the Spurs, uh, the the Suns, no matter what, because they're a plus thirty four. That's not actually the case because Minnesota is a negative three right now. If they beat um, if they beat OKC by 37, they would tie with the Suns and they could conceivably get in. Although in that scenario, they would probably be the number one seed and then the Kings and Warriors would not. I hope this cleared everything up for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> it's chaotic. Win and in. That's that's when and you're in and that's it. And we don't have to do complicated math. You know, I was going to look up uh, and and check to see when these two all, all these games are played. Right. So um, is is Minnesota playing? I think Minnesota's playing the. Um, 
what day? Uh, they're playing Tuesday as well. They have a five o'clock start. So the Kings will know going into that game what the math is. And it, it will be wild. They'll know exactly because, you know, that game should be over by seven o'clock. Well, it might be within a couple of minutes. So they'll have an idea. Dang. Dang. Yeah, it, it should be fun. I hope so. Yeah. So you they- can, there is a way in which the Warriors could crush the Kings and, and they're push their point differential way crazy high. And then Minnesota could crush o- uh, OKC, push their win total way up high, and then both of those teams could get in. There's no way for the Kings to be a wild card because it would take them losing by a bunch. Right. It would take them losing to the Warriors and then losing tiebreaker. Got it. Okay. Got it. Winning in. That's what I'm going with. There it is. For the next couple of days, uh, the Kings win. They are onto the knockout stage of the in-season tournament, which has been a pleasant surprise for me. We can keep talking about that. We'll also tell you about what else happened in the NFC this week, how it affects the Niners, and how things are shaping up heading into a big NFC championship game rematch in Philly on Sunday. That's James. I'm Kyle. We're the Insiders, and we're sponsored by Jiffy Lube here on ESPN 1320. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Oh, yeah. Now that we've got all our in-season tournament stuff figured out. Science, um, Kyle. It's science. <laughs> I want to talk about the in-season tournament, but real quick, uh, Marcus Peters, according to Vic Tafer of The Athletic, has been released by the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the 30-year-old was on a one-year deal. The Raiders save about $1.5 million in incentives that he was going to reach by cutting him now. He got benched during the Raiders game against Kansas City. And according to our uh, Ra- two, two Raider fans in the chat, David says he got cut because he stinks. And then Ramsey says Marcus Peters should have been gone. Wow. Yeah. All right. Marcus Peters washed. He's done. He had a good career. He had a really, really fine career. Shout out Oakland, California, but... Okay. Done with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Now, if you get waived right now, can you still join another team and oh, yeah. and make it and play in the playoffs and everything? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, dude, the, the 49ers, had they... Kyle Shanahan said this. Had they won... If they miraculously won the NFC title game last year, they were going to call Phillip Rivers... And get Philip Rivers ready in two weeks to start the Super Bowl for them. Wow. That's a thing that was going to happen. So yeah, you can just you can just add dudes whenever. <laughs> I guess, man. I, I just don't know. Like, do you have to rent Philip Rivers a house wherever you go? Like, cause he's got like forty seven children. No, you have to add the kids to the roster too. You gotta cut a bunch of people. You have to cut a bunch of people. <laughs> you need at least eleven roster spots. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of kids. So many kids. But yeah, so you can, Marcus Peters can sign somewhere if a team feels they need him. I don't think they're going to, though. He's hmm. just not very good at this point. 
Interesting. Yeah. It's not great for him. Yeah, you hate you hate to see it for our guy. I've been pleasantly surprised by the in-season tournament. Me too, man. I went I went into the year, I said it on D'Lo and Casey, I was like, who cares? Like, this is dumb. They're trying to manufacture this thing. It's not ultimately going to matter. And maybe it won't. Yeah. I don't think we're going to, if the if the Sixers win the in-season tournament, nobody's going to be like, wow, Joel Embiid finally got over the hump. Like, it's not, it's not going to be anything like that. It's not going to be anything crazy like that. But it's just a fun Friday night, Tuesday night, whatever. Oh, the courts are different. The uniforms are different. Oh, there's something different to play for. I don't know. I'm having a good time with it. I think the first couple of games, like the point differential wasn't really understood all that much. And then as we've gotten deeper into it, and you started to see some separation, then teams are starting like, oh no, we're down 18 in the point differential category. Even like the Kings, we we talk about like the one basket here in Fox scores. Mm-hmm. Well, that one basket puts you from a point differential of plus 27 to plus 29. Mm-hmm. And so that actually means something. It means, again, when it comes to the, the Warriors game, that's like an 11 point versus... I mean, it does. It, yeah. it does actually matter that mm-hmm. that one basket. So, um, I think that that's going to be something we see uh, going forward, where teams try to run it up or, or try to make a late push mm-hmm. to try to like eliminate whatever like point differential there there is. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know, again, Minnesota sitting here with like a negative three point differential, uh, they sure would like to ha- have not allowed that one basket to get scored. That's nuts that they're they're two and one in the tournament, Minnesota. Yeah. And they're a minus three. Oof. Yeah, that's crazy. That's hard to do. That's really hard to do. But yeah, shout out to the NBA for trying something. Yeah. I think it's it's gonna work and um, you know, I, I think that there's been rumor that they were like holding out on calling this like the David Stern in season tournament. Oh, just uh, making sure it would work. To make sure that it would be something that stuck before they like put his name on it. But I wouldn't be surprised if that's where this thing goes. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's probably headed that direction. And I'm also in on the courts. They're ugly and not aesthetically pleasing, but I like that. It's different. Like I like that. I don't have to know like, Oh, today's an in season tournament day for me to be locked in. I can look and go, Oh, the courts, of course, when I throw on whatever league pass game, it's like, oh, in-season tournament game. Here we go. Exactly. I think that that's where I'm at, too. Like, I, I don't care. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, is that college? Oh, no, it's pro. Oh, it's an in-season tournament game. I, I'm dialed. Yeah, you instantly, like, your your brain starts to shift. Yeah, I, I think it, like, they've done a, a good job of creating, like, a package here that they can market and sell and, you know, sort of... Yeah. Like it, it feels like it's legitimate that, that this thing could stick around for a while. The thing I'm interested to see is how much it ends up mattering come semifinals and finals time for the NBA Cup. Oh, I think that that's going to matter. Like, like, no, for sure. But at the end of the year, let's say I'm going to, I'm just going to stick with the Sixers here. Let's say Tyrese Maxey is just in the MVP conversation all year and has a monster run it in the semifinals and the in the in-season tournament finals and just averages 50 in those two games. Mm-hmm. Are we at the end of the year, if it's him and Jokic and De'Aaron Fox and Jason Tatum, are we going, yeah, but hey, Tyrese Maxey had that in-season tournament run. Oh. 
is that that's what I, that's what I mean like by it mattering. I think people are going to be locked in and dialed, but over the within the scope of this season, and when it comes to awards and things like that, I wonder if it's going to matter at all. Yeah, I I think that that's a really good question, Kyle. You know, because last time I checked, De'Aaron Fox was leading the NC uh, the NC season tournament in points per game. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a thirty six piece and a forty three piece. <sighs> Um, yeah, so Dang. what is that? Uh, yeah, like <laughs> almost 40 a game. Yeah, 79. That, yeah, so he's at like 39.5 a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. It's all right. That, that's you're doing all right. If he does that for a whole season, I think they're gonna win a title. Uh, I also think he might <laughs> be in the MVP conversation. Yeah, I, I think it's really cool that, that they've stumbled upon something, they've created something new, something different. That at least right now, I, I mean, I did not feel like this was going to be anything when it started, but all of a sudden it's starting to build a little bit. Yeah. And like, you're like, I also, I want to know how much complaining there's going to be when the teams, the 22 teams that don't get in have to, have to fill up games. So like, while the Kings won't play, like it's possible that the Kings could have a game on the Wait, sixth and the eighth. They're just gonna make up games. Oh yeah, those no. The other teams have to play because these are the only game that's not part of the eighty-two game schedule is the final game. That's the only one that that could potentially be an eighty-third game. Everything else, so, so the on. regular they're teams gonna, are playing oh, the fifth, on. the fifth and the seventh is the the two. Like those are in. Well, certainly the fifth is is at home. Like it's it's. Uh, how did I miss it? They're making this up on the fly? Yes. The schedule is getting made up on the fly for the 6th and the 8th. Yeah. Based on, like, conference or location or... Yeah, I'm not... Like, you know. if, like if, for example, let's say the Kings and Warriors both don't get in. Okay. Are, is it just Kings-Warriors a couple times because they're right down the street from each other? Well, that would be the question mark. And how many times do you play the Warriors in one season? Right. Now you're playing a team six, seven times in a year? That's nuts. Well, I think that it there is a way for you to play a team, like whether it's in your conference or not. That And I haven't looked to see like how many home games, how many road games the Kings have um, coming into this. Because it's going to be strange. Because like, you could have to play one home and one road. I I I missed this part of the memo. Oh yeah, no, no, it's part of That's, the yeah. They there's going to be games smokes, on the sixth and the eighth. Dude. I'm hoping it does. I don't have to move my uh, my Christmas party, Kyle, from the eighth to the ninth. So because you got you know we have to build out a Christmas party at some point, and the Kings have what back to back on the Friday Saturday of like the twenty second and twenty third at home. Oh, the next weekend they're like the fifteenth and the seventeenth. They've uh, or the sixteenth uh, and the eighteenth, whatever it is, or the fourteenth uh, and 16th whatever it might be like there's only like one night and it's too much so huh damn yeah complicated it's complicated kyle i was gonna talk about chaos in the nfc but i don't think we can do that in a minute probably not um philly won here's here's a quick thing on niners philly just for a minute if the niners lose their chance for the one seeds over Mm-hmm. It might already be pretty close to done because Philly's schedule is not tough down the stretch and that they've gotten through this Chiefs, Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills gauntlet with no losses. Mm. 
even if they lose to the 49ers, the 49ers are still a game back. They would need to run the table and then hope that Philly loses to like Dallas. Dallas they have once, but they have the Giants twice. Oh. They have I think the Cardinals. Oh. I feel well, like the, the Cardinals have are the Cardinals. A team in there. It just it, it's not it's not a schedule where I look at it and go oh yeah Philly's definitely going to lose one so uh, the Niners and that's if San Francisco runs the table oh yeah so the margin for error is gone they still need to win in Philly and if they don't they're three back and they don't have the tiebreaker with four weeks five weeks left it's hmm. okay so again Philly plays the Niners followed by at Dallas at Seattle. Giants, Cardinals, Giants. Oh, those last three weeks. Like, oh. Even at Seattle, they're going to roll Seattle. Okay. Seattle's not good. I'm out on the Seahawks. You're out. I'm out on the Seahawks. So, yeah. The Niners would need a a miracle to get the one seed, even if they win on Sunday. So, that's where that stands. But we'll talk about the rest of the NFC because I don't – I'm not totally convinced that it's a a two-horse race with with the Niners and Eagles. We can talk about that next. He's James. I'm Kyle. We're the insider sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Loop on ESPN 1320. Niners Eagles might get ugly this week. You think? Trash talk's getting crazy already. Oh, what do we got? Um, Leezy, Eagles fan in the chat, is of the mind that the Niners should start Sam Darnold because Brock Purdy's going to get hurt. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And then I've just, being on the internet, it's just, it's wild. Hassan Reddick's already come out and been like, yeah, they need to back up all their crying and this and that. Like, oh man, this is going to be, this is going to be great. Hmm. This is, this is, this is the kind of intensity that I want all the time. I, it's so much fun. I agree. Um, I, I would just say like. The the Niners don't really have a lot of people to blame for walking into the NFC Championship game with a young, unproven final pick in the seventh round of the draft as their starting quarterback and Josh Johnson as their backup. Like, mm-hmm. like you have to have a a legitimate secondary plan, and it can't be a guy who's like 36 years old and who who has well, never been good. I mean, you well, you should have I get it. They had injuries, but you should have found someone. It, I <laughs> Who? <laughs> okay, just for like S and, and giggles. Uh maybe Philip Rivers who you had already talked about bringing in to start the Super Bowl if you somehow made it. I don't think you were getting Philip Rivers to come ride the bench though. I think Philip Rivers would have only showed up to be a starter. You don't think Philip Rivers would have shown up to get a Super Bowl ring? To hang out on the bench? No. I I think Philip Rivers probably would have for a couple of extra for like I bet they pro- I bet they called it. For like 3 weeks. But he said no. Well, if he said no to that and said, "No, but if you have an injury and somehow you make it to the Super Bowl and you need me, I'd come start." Like I, just, I would be like, "Hey, no. No. That's not the way this works." Yeah, I don't. Like you're well, I don't remember they thought there was a chance Jimmy Garoppolo could come back. Well, but but did that's they? A whole other, that's did a whole they, other thing. No, did they, Kyle? No, I don't. I don't know. I don't think. I don't, I don't know. When you're did. down to your fourth string quarterback, it's just kind of like, all right. Well, there's just not a great contingency plan for that. Yeah, but and he got hurt anyway.
plays. And, but if you're down to your four-string quarterback... There's not enough good quarterbacks in the league to have four of them. There's someone hiding out there somewhere that could have helped you. I mean, it, but I've <laughs> thought that this entire season with the New York Jets, and no, no. Like, How the Jets... Here's the thing. I, I One of my... The Ringer Fantasy Football Show, who is... Uh, uh, the Ringer Fantasy Football Show was talking about this. How do the like Colts wind up with Gardner Minshew and not the Jets? I know. How do the Vikings wind up with Josh Dobbs and not the Jets? I, I, I kept trying out, to dudes. trade all of these people to the Jets, and no one would call me. I tried, They Kyle. wouldn't make it happen. I, I tried. I know you did. I even went through Faraz Siddiqui to try to help his Jets. Dude, like, Faraz, can you call your Jets and, like, Go get yourself a Josh Dobbs. Like, go get yourself a Matthew Stafford. Like, there, there could have been a point where this could have worked. Mm-hmm. Sad though. Tough, tough scene. All right, Mad Props. It's something we do every week where we take a couple of stats from the Kings game, a couple of stats from the 49ers game. We pick a game this week. Uh, the Niners. It was their Thanksgiving game against the. Seahawks and for the Kings we did their Wednesday game against the Pelicans. Uh-oh. So, here's where you actually won this week. Spoiler alert. Oh. Yeah. You ruined the whole surprise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so our first our first one 49er Seahawks total points or De'Aaron Fox points plus assists. I actually wrote this one down wrong. Um how many assists do you have it in front of you? How many assists did De'Aaron Fox have? Um I can oh. He had 26 points against the Pelicans. Um you still won. It's not going to matter. He didn't have 15 assists. No, no, no. Um, I've got it blasted. Where are we at? De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox. I'm there. I need, um, let's see, against 26 the, points and 26, five assists. So 31. Right, so 31. Thank you. Uh, the 49ers and Seahawks combined for 41 points. No, hmm. 44 points. 31, 13. Yeah, it's 44. 44 points. 44. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, 31 points plus assists. You had the Niners, uh, Seahawks total there. I had De'Aaron Fox points and assists. Fell short. Actually, 31 is about the amount of points I expected him to score. Okay. But you expected like seven or eight assists? Yeah, I, I hadn't. Yeah. Okay. So, and I well, expected that lost... Niners. I, I thought Niners Seahawks total would be way lower. Yeah, I think you had it like 24 17 or 24 something. 24 13. 24 13. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I had it in that range. Okay. So that's fine. Swing and a miss by me. Uh, Christian McCaffrey touches or Demonis Sabonis points and assists. We both took Domas points and assists. Uh, 24 touches for Christian McCaffrey. 29 points and assists for Demonis Sabonis. Uh, so we're both right there. Juwan Jennings receiving yards or Trey Lyles minutes. Uh, we both took the Lyles minutes. Twenty-eight minutes for Trey Lyles. Shocking. Even Trey Lyles was shocked. Twenty-eight. That's like eighteen to twenty. That felt reasonable. Yeah. If you if I knew he was going to play twenty-eight minutes, I would not have put Jawan Jennings receiving yards here. I would have. I would have <laughs> thought fifteen was a closer number too. Jawan Jennings had eight, eight oh. receiving yards, twenty-eight minutes for Trey Lyles. But eight. we both we both got it right. Okay. A forty-nine er sacks or Harrison Barnes assists. Six sacks for the 49ers, a donut for Harrison Barnes. Mm. Uh, Debo Samuel touches. We split this one. You I had you had Debo Samuel touches. I took Malik Monk three point attempts. Okay. Eleven to six. Eleven touches for Debo. Oh. He had nine targets with seven catches. Hmm. Man. 
Really big deal. He just loves playing in Seattle. Oh, yeah. He had a huge game there in 2019. Uh, I don't think he played there last year because he was hurt. He's a big game player. Yeah. He's a guy who, yeah. who goes crazy in big games. Yeah. And they lean on him. Like, he is their offensive spark plug when they need to get their offense going. Mm-hmm. He's the guy they go to. They open their scoring with a touchdown run from him. And like I said, nine targets, seven catches, and uh, 11 total touches. Uh, this one, Seahawks punts or Davion Mitchell points. You took Davion. I had Seahawks punts. Five punts for Seattle, two points for Davion. Oh, so I lost that one? Yeah, you lost that one. Oh. One shot of a perfect week. Dang it. But I lost two, so congrats. Yes. You're the big winner this week. Yes. I think we've each won two, and, dr- and then we had a tie one week. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I love it. Mad props. I love it. Uh, Mad props is... It's I, a little less effective when the games were so long ago. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> we're, we're like having to remember back. Yeah, but yeah. I didn't want... I, I don't want to do a game too far out because if Harrison Barnes tweaks an ankle and just misses the Friday game and we did the Friday game and now he's not in it, it's a whole thing. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it's funny. Um, over your shoulder, Seth keeps popping up. No, and- I know. It's really distracting. Yeah, because Seth, um, like if he's gonna any, help me, he's gonna help me with my break button here. If there's anyone in the building that you could worry could be a potential axe murderer, it would be Seth. I disagree. Really? I disagree. There's someone else in here that you feel like could be a. Yeah, I'm not gonna say who it is. Oh, okay. but their name rhymes with messy mafia. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I love Jesse. Um, I could see Jesse being like a poisoner. Uh, just saying. Th- is this what you... Hang on. We uh, should do this. Like... No, we should not. <laughs> what? Is this what you think about? Is this how you like when no. you assess a person, you're just like, how would that person commit a murder? No, it's just when I see Seth you standing there with his TV. big beard, and I'm like, I could see Seth with a chainsaw in his hand and freaking Kyle out right now. He's the nicest human I've ever met. Oh, I yeah, can't yeah. envision it. He, well, first of all, he's part of the circle of trust. Well, I mean, you're about to not be. Uh, no, we, we now have the uh, the Triangle of Avoidance. That's our new name for our group. <laughs> okay. Me, Jonathan, and Seth are in the Triangle of Avoidance. Where you guys are just avoiding responsibilities. We avoid having to do things like build an entire set for Daughtry. Yeah. Nice. The, the Triangle of Avoidance. Good for you guys. Yeah. We have clearly kicked someone out of the circle of trust. Yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> that's a tough day for whoever that is. I'm glad I'm uh, glad it's not me. That's funny. All right. More on the triangle of avoidance coming up next. No, we're gonna talk uh, Kings Timberwolves next. Uh, we'll go around the NFL, talk about some other stuff uh, that's gone on this week, and then uh, we'll take you right up to D'Lo and Casey at noon. He's James, I'm Kyle, we're the insider sponsored by Jiffy Loop here on ESPN thirteen twenty. Now, back to the insiders with James Ham and Kyle Matson, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Hey, man. You will not convince me that the Memphis Grizzlies are about anything this year. At all. I was listening to the Trista Crick's podcast, Heat Check, Odyssey Original Podcast, downloaded wherever you get your pods. Uh, you've been on one recently. I was on the Heat Check. Yeah, so go check out James's episode, if, if anything, but... Over the holidays, Trista posted an episode where she talked a little bit, but then there was her radio hit in Memphis was on there, and then her radio hit here with D'Lo and KC was on there. And the Memphis guys, 
are convinced that Ja is going to come back after 25 games. They'll be 5-26 and 26 and 19 or whatever, and he is going to carry them to a play-in tournament and into the playoffs. No. And I'm out on that. Erroneous. I I am... You, you guys know me. I am willing to change my mind when I'm wrong, and I will happily admit when I'm wrong. Not happily. Nobody likes to be wrong, but when I'm wrong, I'll say it. Because I think that people who dig in on wrong takes are 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 strange, but I, they're not going to go thirty five and seventeen with job, which is like minimum what they would need to go, like absolute bare minimum. Jaw's a good player. Oh yeah, but he's not. If Stephen Adams and Brandon Clark were healthy and Marcus Smart was healthy, okay, then then maybe we'll see. Yeah, by the time he gets back, they're gonna they might have five wins. I'm giving them five and twenty. Five, okay, so right now they're they're three and thirteen, something like that. I don't know uh, the numbers for uh, for Jaron Jackson Jr. over the last couple of weeks are horrible. Not good. No, he stopped playing basketball well. Hmm. I mean, even in this game, Desmond Bain in 34 minutes went three of 12 from the field, 0 of five from three. He had six points. Kyle, Oof. you know who he matched. Uh, Bismack Biombo, uh, obviously, who is a starter for that team, and uh, Jacob Gilliard, who I, I he went to Richmond. I still don't know who Jacob Gilliard is. I apologize, Jacob. Jacob also scored six points. Uh, it, uh, he started, and then Vince Williams Jr. Gregory Jackson. I just looked him up. He's an eighteen-year-old. Like I, I don't even know who these people are. This is bizarre. I mean, they picked up Jalen Noel. And Shaq Harrison, on they got emergency ten day uh, granted mm-hmm. because they had they didn't have enough players to suit up. But oh I mean, that's crazy. That's oh my god. Yeah, I mean, David Roddy is playing twenty seven minutes for you. Derek Rose, the ghost of Derek Rose, played twenty two minutes in this game, and was really good. I don't know, man. What I, game was this? This is the Suns. Oh, okay. uh, Grizzlies. Derrick Rose was next game. eight of nine from the field, seventeen points in twenty in twenty two minutes. He followed that up with a five of twelve and twelve points in twenty minutes. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Desmond Bain five of sixteen, three of nine from three, thirteen points. Jaron Jackson four of fourteen, two of six from three, eighteen points. How do we even get down this rabbit hole? Um. We started talking about point differential in the NBA in-season tournament. There it is. Devin Booker trying to get one last shot off against Memphis, and then I was like, yo, Memphis stinks, and that triggered my thought of the Memphis radio guys being like, you're forgetting how good Jai is. This team is going to be awesome when he gets back. Santi Aldama is going to take over the league. Da-da-da-da-da. It was nuts. Wow. That's uh, intellectually dishonest. It was it was a lot. Okay, so over his last eight games, Jaron Jackson Jr. is averaging sixteen point five points. He's averaging five point one rebounds, which is par for the course. He's a, he's only at one block per game. Kyle, mm-hmm. eight game stretch. He's shooting thirty three point one percent from the field and twenty two point two percent from three. That's just like he's out there with this stick with a little white flag. Just waving the white flag. I give up. Did you see that video last night of Marcus Smart giving the the like passionate speech to the bench and Jaron Jackson's over like off to the side, like yawning? Mm. It would have been better if he was like eating popcorn. 
<laughs> Maybe he had a, a Jamba Juice in his hand. Out. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. I wanted to. You mentioned his. He's twenty nine point six percent from three this year on five attempts a game. Oh. <laughs> he's no Trey Lyles. <laughs> Just saying. What a fraud. <laughs> okay. Not Trey Lyles. Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love Trey Lyles. Okay. I'm out on Triple J. Okay, so we t- we have good, bad, and the ugly, right? Sort of? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Kings Timberwolves, good, bad, and ugly. But before that, let's get our Jiffy Lube Fast Break Player of the Game for you. ESPN1320.com is the website. You go there. There's a Jiffy Lube contest page. It's right at the front. You can't miss it. You click on that. And your second keyword of the day that you can enter. So you can enter another time. If you've already entered with Trey, T-R-E-Y, you can now enter again with the word Fox because De'Aaron Fox is our (laughs) Jiffy Lube Fast Break Player of the Game. The password is Fox. F-O-X. Really easy. F-O-X. Fox. Yeah, he was awesome against Minnesota. He was absolutely spectacular. Um, I did not know he took... 32 field goal to, uh, field goal attempts. Love it for him. Want to um, see him do it more, honestly. That might be... Is that a career high? I'll find out for you right now. Yeah, that... Uh, like, I didn't know he'd taken 32 field goal attempts. That's a lot. I'm here and, for it. And while... Yeah, I, I'm here for it, too, on occasion. Um, no, he did... He took 33 one other time, and he he had another in the 2019-20 season. He took 33 and then he had one other game um, two years ago where he had 32. Hmm. That is a lot of field goal attempts. Whew. Yeah. Okay, so um, the good from this game, Kyle. Um, he he tried to pad the point differential, uh, mm-hmm. but he also padded his own stats a little bit. Uh, 36 points, 12 rebounds, seven, uh, uh, I mean, 12 assists, seven rebounds. I thought he was very, very good. Uh, he, he hit his free throws when he got there, five of six from the line, three of seven from three after some kind of, uh, all over the board three point, uh, games over yeah. the last couple of, over the last couple. Um, yeah, three of seven last game, two of seven, the game before two of 12, the game before that, but then a six for 10 and a five of 11. I think I'm okay if that's how Darren Fox gets to like 38% on the season. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be up and down. Thirty-seven point two. That's that's kind of where I, I I think that he might be for the season. That would be a good thing. But he was really good. Here's here's what I love about about his performance on Friday. That was a huge game for the Kings. Measuring stick game against another top team in the West. Mm-hmm. Where do you stack up? Last game of a road trip. You're not getting a ton of whistles, and your superstar took over. Like that's that's what needs to happen in that spot. Every now and then, like you said, not every night, because that's not sustainable and that's not winning basketball, no matter how good a player is. Mm-hmm. But that was a get out of the way. I'm going to go get us this one. And I think they needed it. So I, I'm I'm here for De'Aaron Fox doing all of those superstar level things like, hey, my team needs me to go win us a game tonight. I am too, uh, and I, I would also, there's another player who I feel like over the last week has done the same thing. Um, with Keegan Murray out, he's he's missed, what, two or three straight. He went out halfway through the first Pelicans game, so he's missed two and a half games. Harrison Barnes 
has once again yeah. looked like Harrison Barnes. So it's really good. He won my uh, on the weekend review. I I just can't give to De'Aaron Fox every week, especially when he had like the fourteen point like stinker. You do uh, this at the Kings Beat at the at the Kings Beat. If you go to the Kingsbeat.com, become a premium subscriber. Uh, a weekend review. Um, I gave Harrison Barnes the player of the week. Yeah. Uh, Good so, choice. so people know for the for the last three games, which again two losses and a win, but this is on the road, a six game road trip. These these games weren't easy at all. Um, Eighteen point seven points, three point seven rebounds, point seven steals. He shot five fifteen from the field, forty seven point four from three on six point three attempts per game. Harrison Barnes has played really well and. This plays into a bigger narrative that we've talked about throughout the season. It's that I don't think that Harrison Barnes has declined as much as I think he's he's dropped a peg yes. in, in the pecking order, yep. and he's down to number five in the starting lineup. Yep. And it's tough to be super, super productive and consistent when you're not getting consistent touches and, right. and everything else. So could he do a better job rebounding? Yes. I think defensively he's been solid, uh, but... Overall, I think Harrison Barnes, when you need him to step up, still has the ability to step up and be that player. Yeah, and that was something when Trey Lyles went down. It was like, all right, hey, here's Harrison Barnes now. And if he's going to continue giving you six points and a rebound and calling it a night, that's a huge problem. Yeah. But the fact that, hey, Trey Lyles goes down, or not Trey Lyles, excuse me. Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray goes down, and you get this version of Harrison Barnes. It's like, great, that's all I need. Now, again, you'd like to see the rebounds tick up, but, again, that's nitpicky at this point. Yeah, and, Kyle, I'd, I'd add to that that not having Trey Lyles actually made the Kings overly reliant on Harrison Barnes for the first month of the season. Mm, that's interesting. Because they don't have the ability to push uh, Keegan Murray over to the small forward right. all the time and actually get those minutes there, which you will see. And I mm-hmm. think even like we saw JaVale McGee had, he had, JaVale McGee had a very good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, against Minnesota. Uh, you know, I, I'm hard on JaVale sometimes, but I thought JaVale McGee had a very, very good game against Minnesota, and, and it was in short bursts. But um, if I'm looking at sort of like the grand scope of things, when you take a player like Trey Lyles out and he's so versatile, he can play the four and the five, he can even, like on occasion, he's switchable and can play the three against bigger guys. But it just... It really did put a lot of stress on Mike Brown to use guys like Sasha Bzinkoff, to use a little bit more Chris Duarte in certain situations. I think we're going to see that a lot of those minutes start to go Trey's way. JaVale McGee played eight minutes, two four-minute spurts, one at the end of the first half, one, at the mm-hmm. eight, one, in the, one in the second half. He was a plus 16 in eight minutes. Yes. That's nuts. It was the rebounding. Yeah. That's where, especially in the fourth yeah, quarter, six boards early, in eight minutes. early fourth quarter, grab, grab, grab. He just kept snaring all the rebounds. So good for JaVale. Six rebounds in a three minute, 57, stre- 57 second stretch of the fourth quarter. Yeah. That, that'll do it. Yeah. Uh, I, like, so uh, Trey Lyles also had a great game. Yep. Um, he's averaging 10.5 points, 7.5 rebounds in his first two games. And he, he's shooting just bonkers from three. Um, like, if this is who he's going to be, he's going to play a ton of minutes. Uh, like, if you're going to get him anywhere near the the 46.2% from three. And 
Kyle, the Kings have really snuck up. They're up to 35.2% from three on the season. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, you know, around 27, 28. They're 22nd, right? Uh, no, no, they're 20th in the league right now. They're they're fifth in three-point attempts. No, third in attempts, fifth in makes, uh, but 20% from three is pretty solid. Wait, I'm sorry. There's I two- mean, 20, 20th in the league. Uh, they're mm-hmm. they're going to move up. You're going to see them. So for- Continue for, to move up. For reference, last year they were thirty six point nine percent. That was ninth in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I think you'll continue seeing that number tick up to somewhere closer to thirty seven percent. Yeah, it's a high volume. That's that's what hurts them. Yep. Um And not having you know certain players hitting the ball, hitting the three pointer early, especially Keegan, uh, but also Herder for the first week. Yeah, uh, we mentioned the officiating earlier. I don't want to like harp on it super hard. Yeah, but that was a. Uh, that was a not so great thing from from this one. No, I thought it was it was the ugly. I yeah. thought it, it that, like there was no there's no question about it that that was a poorly officiated game. And mm-hmm. I and I don't again I don't harp on the officials a bunch, but that was a super poorly officiated game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I didn't even like the bad and the ugly. Like I didn't have a lot of issue with uh, Chris Duarte's minutes. Uh, you know, he started twenty. He played twenty two minutes. Uh, he didn't score. Um, but he also, he, he had three fouls. Um, that was okay because you had other guys stepping up. Malik Monk was excellent, 17 points. Um, but you know, even uh, the other guy who was excellent in this game, Kessler Edwards, he won the defensive player of the game chain Mm, for this game. Yes. And, uh, he was four of seven from the field, two of three from three. He had 10 points and, and two rebounds. Those 10 points, if you can get a sneaky 10 points from a Kessler Edwards, then he starts joining the Trey Day, you know, Trey Lyles impact where he can sneaky, like really, really help a team get separation. So good game for him. Yeah, really good. You'd just like to see that be a little more consistent because I don't think, but it's really hard to be consistent when you're not playing consistently. Yeah. Whew, that was it's, a lot. Yeah, it's a, it's a never ending cycle. Yeah. Anything else from the Kings game? No, I, I don't think so. Like I don't uh, have a lot of bad or ugly from it. No, I mean it's just, just a really kind of thorough. Yeah, six game road trip kicking of a good team. Uh, yeah, six game road trip and Thanksgiving on that Thursday. You're away from your family. The Kings took the weekend off. They took Saturday and Sunday off, which I thought was great because mm-hmm. um, I didn't have to run down to practice. <laughs> uh, but I I also think that like if you're in that situation where. Uh, you haven't, you know, like a a road trip is hanging in the balance, really, mm-hmm. and a, a losing streak is hanging in the balance. Mm-hmm. Because if you lose that game, and then we know that Tuesday's game is going to be highly contested against the Golden State Warriors in season tournament game, but if you somehow lose that game, and then all of a sudden you start looking at the Clippers and you start looking at the Nuggets, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, there's there could be a slippery slope here. Yeah, but no, you got back uh, against a team that was number one in the Western Conference, still number one in the Western Conference, mm-hmm. and you you punked them. You played well. That's why that's why having an MVP candidate on your team is so so essential. I agree because they like <clears throat> we talked about it a little bit ago. Darren Fox wasn't going to let them lose in Minnesota. Like, he just he wasn't, and he is a player capable of doing that that's not like saying um Dion waiters isn't gonna let the thunder lose tonight mm. or wherever he spent most of his career Dion waiters isn't gonna let them lose the tonight. calves miami yeah. the calves whatever like oh no that's probably bad 
if Dion Waiters is shooting it 25, 30 times, like you're probably not in a great spot. When De'Aaron Fox decides to take over a game like that, I don't know why I'm picking on Dion Waiters. That was rude. But it's when, okay. I, I was told once that Dion Waiters was the worst teammate that, that another player had ever had in their entire career. Hilarious. Incredible. Yeah. That only adds to his aura for me. But De'Aaron in that spot being like, we're not losing tonight. I'm going to take over. That That is going to keep the Kings out of a lot of those slippery slopes that you just talked about. Yeah. Where they're not losing six, seven, eight games in a row because like they're just going to too often have the best player on the court. And there are so many nights where that means you're going to win. Okay. So that's where I'm at. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I- I'm also here for all the Dion Waiters like slander. <laughs> okay. Uh, because right. the, start I'll, working I'll, that in. I'll just point out that Dion's, uh, Dion Waiters was supposed to go in the 20s. And uh, I want to say that's the 2012 NBA draft. He was, was Syracuse? He was supposed to go, yes, in the 20s. But he refused to work out for anyone, and some sort of mystique was formed around him. He moved all the way up to number four. And what happened when he moved up to number four, Kyle? Thomas Robinson fell to number five. And when Thomas Robinson fell to number five, the Sacramento Kings, who had worked out Damian Lillard repeatedly, including on the Monday before the draft, and were taking Dion. Uh, uh, Damian Lillard the night before the draft I was told they were taking Damian Lillard when Dion Waiters slid to number four that's when Thomas Robinson fell to number five the Maloofs wouldn't commit to paying Jason Thompson and free agency and Jeff Petrie had zero power forwards on his roster he took Thomas Robinson instead of Damian Lillard especially with him drafting the year before was 2011. He drafted Jimmer and Isaiah Thomas in the same draft and was worried that he would have too many power, uh, too many point guards. But Damian Lillard came in for a workout and hit like 99 out of a hundred shots. And they were in love with Damian Lillard and then didn't draft him the night, the, the next day. Just saying, I want to crawl under the table. Well, that's, I'm just saying we can just, We can just throw Dion Waiters in that discussion because it's it's him who upset the top end of the draft by mystically <laughs> moving up. And the same way that Johnny Flynn did a few years, uh, well, two years earlier, three Johnny years Flynn earlier. was really good, dude. I will not be here for Johnny Flynn slander, bro. Uh, he did go, what, two picks before Steph Curry? Yeah. It three was, picks. Uh, it was Johnny Flynn, Ricky Rubio, Steph. Yeah, it was Tyreek Evans. Yeah, so that draft went, I think it was Blake, Hashim Thabit, James Harden, Tyreek Evans, followed by Johnny Flynn and Ricky Rubio, and uh, number eight in that year's, uh, oh, seven. Man, I want to say seven is like, uh, oh, seven, is that DeMar DeRozan? Or is he nine? Anyway, Steph, Steph went eight. How sick is it that Dion Waiters has an NBA ring? Oh, man. Yeah, he was on the Lakers title team in the bubble. I would not have been able to guess that. Me neither. Oh, no, Steph went number seven. There we go. I think number nine in that draft is is um, DeMar. I'm right. Yeah, number nine is DeMar. Jordan Hill, number eight. Brandon Jennings, number 10. Jordan Hill, Arizona legend. Oh. Was Chase Buttinger that draft too? Um, if he was, was he, he was like number 24. Some no. of Dion Waiter's nicknames on Basketball Reference: oh. Downhill Dion, Kobe Wade, Google Me, 
headache, Philly cheese, and bubble cheese. His high schools are listed as John Bartram in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, attended but did not play. South Philadelphia in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, attended but did not play. South Kent School in South Kent, Connecticut, Burlington Life Center Academy in Burlington, New Jersey. My man went to four high schools in three states. That, that's what we in the business call a red flag, Kyle. Just saying. Yeah, but Jim Beheim though. Dude, Deion Waiters is not even 32. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, at least he played more than 163 games, which is what uh, your man Johnny Flynn played. So uh, Rubio is five, Johnny Flynn number uh, number six. The deal there, the Kings were, uh, everyone thought they would take Tyreek Evans. I mean, they would take Ricky Rubio, um, but Ricky Rubio came in for a workout and then had like a weird situation where uh, they took him out to dinner and, and his mom cut a steak for him. Um, and he was just like felt very young and very immature. He also could not shoot at all right. in, in his workout. And he refused to work out against anyone else. So the Kings brought in Steph. They brought in Johnny Flynn. They brought in uh, Brandon Jennings and Tyreek Evans to like have a battle royale. And Tyreek Evans was a man amongst boys. Dude, he was sick. Yeah, he just crushed everyone he was else. So good. Yeah, the Kings were the worst team in the NBA that year. They should have. Uh, that's the Blake Griffin draft. Um, and of course, Blake missed his rookie season. Uh, with a knee injury, but uh, that's that's one of the many times the Kings were passed over. For Johnny Flynn was so nice at Syracuse, though. Yeah, that's David Kahn. So uh, David Kahn took Rubio and Flynn there. Yes. Uh, he backed that up at number 18 with Ty Lawson, and then uh, where is it well, at? Because Rubio was going to stay in Spain for a couple more years. He wasn't going to stay in Spain if he went in the top like two or three. Right. But the buyout, his buyout was too high. Chase Budinger did go. He's number 44 in that draft. Mm. And I want to say that the other guy uh, that David Kahn drafted that year was Nick Calathis. So he drafted four point guards, which none of that made Incredible. any sense. Terrence uh, Williams, Kings legend, number 11 in the draft. Oh, yeah. T-Dub. Johnny Flynn, I think he's all rookie. His rookie year. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Kyle, have we run out of time for the day? 13 and a half points, 4.4 assists. Did I just filibuster the entire? You did. Final segment gonna, on the was, 2012 NBA draft. You did. I was going to talk about the NFL, but that's fine. <laughs> My well, bad, the Niners, in, the Niners in second place in the NFC. They are tied for second with the Detroit Lions. The Lions are the, when you talk about tiebreakers and stuff, they could really throw a wrench into everything if they wind up being a third team tied with the Niners and Eagles at the end of the year because then head-to-head goes out the window and it's a whole thing. Um, the Bills are no longer in the postseason uh thanks to their loss to the eagles the eagles remain two games up on the 49ers and uh they are 10 and 1 and they're a really really good team green bay beat the lions on thanksgiving and i'm i'm starting to lean your way a little bit on on detroit i'm not all the way there but i i see the vision and then dallas uh we'll talk about dallas tomorrow because dallas is is rolling our power rankings are gonna be wild they're gonna be really fun they're gonna be really fun and now we're gonna go D'Lo and case here next on espn 1320 sacramento sports leader we've been the insider so this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. <laughs> 